all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely, uh, surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Uh, you will not need to fight in this battle. Underline this. Position yourselves. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head, and he bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now go down the road in the New Testament to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, I want to look at just one verse, and it's Ephesians uh, 6 chapter 12. Setting this thing up, teeing it up. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Today I want to talk about spiritual warfare. There is a battle raging all around us in the natural realm. And you know what? You don't even have to go very far, just about 50 miles south of here with what happened this week in Oxford, Michigan. The natural realm, I want you to remember this. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. The natural realm is simply a snapshot of what's going on in the spirit realm. Amen? Now, many, when they read Ephesians chapter 6, they read it this way. We wrestle not in the end right there. But how many of you know, you read the whole thing. We wrestle. Come on. How many can you know? We are in a wrestling match. Amen. There is a battle that is raging. And many, you know, that phrase, the battle is the Lord's. Many people think that there's no part that we have in this battle but that's not true because the prophet said we need to position ourselves for the battle. Sure, the Lord is going to work on our behalf. He's fighting for us. We know this, right? But we need to position ourselves in the battle. So today I've entitled this message, Positioning Yourself for Victory. Positioning, and you can see all of the music that was played today, even down to the special, talking about our, the authority of God. I mean, this is amazing. Everything, I love it. This is Holy Ghost, amen? And I heard a testimony this week as well that would blow your natural mind, but we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll let the individual who, who had that share it sometime maybe if they're interested, but it was awesome, amen? But it's the Lord who fights on our behalf. But we need to position ourselves. Now, let, let's take, for instance, the battle that's raging in the spirit realm, this Oxford shooting. Let me just, let me just talk about this. I mean, as, as a pastor, as a leader, I just can't move on from this. Amen? 
Let's talk just a moment about this. Uh, All of this is a manifestation of a demonic agenda against our kids, right? And if you look at the violence in schools and everything that's happened, guess when the point was that the the school systems, when, when a lot of this junk came in, back in the 70s when they took the word of God and prayer out of schools. It was a floodgate that was open to the demonic. Amen? All right? So there is an agenda by the enemy, and these kids, by their own free will, they're getting involved in these games, they're getting involved with the dark web and all of these things, and they're opening themselves up to the demonic. Now, the shooter in Oxford High School was drawing pictures of murdering other people. He was drawing pictures with blood on them. He was drawing pictures and and saying, help me, and all of this demonic stuff that was going on. And he said, I was hearing voices. He said this, I keep hearing voices. Who do you think those voices are? The demonic. So what happens? Uh, You know, the parents just let him do his own thing. Right? In fact, hey, how about the dad goes out and buys him a gun and doesn't even lock the thing up or hide it from us, knowing that his kid is on a downslide. Now we have four innocent people killed for no reason other than this isn't a demonic agenda. Church, we need to rise up. Amen? We need to rise up. Parents, rise up. Get into your kid's stuff. Find out what they're looking at on social media. Get in. If they live under your roof, nothing's private as far as that stuff. Amen? You have every right to go in. I mean, this is pretty bad. There is so many drop balls in this Oxford situation. They, they, they confronted this, this shooter the day before. They brought him in, right, and had a, a talk with him. Then they even brought the parents in. And the, and the school said, we want to send him home to get some counseling. And what did the parents say? Nope, keep him in school. Now you know why they're, they're, they're charged with four counts of manslaughter. Are you hearing me, somebody? This is ridiculous. Body of Christ, we need to step it up. Christians, we need to pull our head out of the sand and position ourselves in this battle. We need watchmen on the wall to be awake, to discern, and to sound the alarm. Amen? Amen. That's why this ministry, this church, Living Waters Chapel, we are a ministry of prayer. We are a ministry of not just praying. Are you hearing me? But we are a ministry of action and sounding the alarm. It's been spoken over this ministry, I heard, that this is going to be a lighthouse. We are on a hill. I think that's prophetic. I think this building is on a hill for a reason. Are you hearing me? We need to sound the alarm. And that's why we are getting involved in the schools, in the governmental levels. We need to get involved. That's why the day after my first sermon as pastor here, what did we do? We went to a school board meeting. The first, the first, uh, you know, the second day on the job, we're getting involved. Amen? <laughs> so we are called to advance the kingdom of God in every aspect 
of society. Do you know that? We are expected to get involved. See, God never intended for his kingdom to be limited on this earth. Now, the only people that believe that the church should not get involved in these things are these, there's two, two classes of people that believe this. The unsaved and carnal Christians. The unsaved and carnal Christians. Oh, we don't talk about religion. We don't talk, right? Two classes. The unsaved and carnal. No, that, see, that's where those individuals think that, that this day, this meeting here, that this should be separate from all other six days of the week. And that is absolutely false. That is wrong. Are you hearing me? I feel Holy Ghost fire on this today. See, there's no room for the Word of God. There's no kingdom mindset in, those, in, in the carnal Christians because they're too full of the world. See, I always ask people this. Why would you want to be politically correct when you can just be correct with the Word of God? Right? Politically correct. It, it's, it's, this is ridiculous. So whether you like it or not, If you're a Christian, you're a born-again Christian, you are enlisted in the army of God. You are a soldier for Jesus Christ. Amen? I love this. Listen to this. We as Christians are displacers. Say displacers. What is that? See, the enemy occupies a territory, right? Until a Christian comes in and displaces them. We are displacers. The, enemy, or the Christian comes in and displaces the enemy. He kicks the enemy out and establishes the kingdom of God in that area. And that's why we go into the schools. That's why we go into every part of government. That's why we're supposed to go in every man's world. To bring the kingdom in. To displace the kingdom of darkness. Are you hearing me? Wow. See, listen to this. If we do nothing, by default, the kingdom of darkness occupies a place. If we do nothing, by default, the kingdom of darkness occupies an area until we come along. Come on. Until we come along and displace and replace with the kingdom of God. Say displace and replace with the kingdom of God. Mm, mm. So, again, that's why we say we need to get involved with every area of society to advance the kingdom of God. And here's the real purpose is this. The the real purpose of advancing the kingdom of God is to get people born again and to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to do that. So, um, you know, so the word of God. The Word of God refers to us as soldiers for Christ. You're, you either fight or you be overtaken. And it's as simple as that. You either fight or you're overtaken. So let's take a look. I want to show you something. The Holy Spirit gave me a passage, and there was so much in it. I, I actually had a direction I was, I was going to go. And then as I got into this, I'm like, wow, there's so much in this one passage. Man, I just kept going. And all of a sudden, I'm on, I'm on page five, uh, I'm on page six. So let's dig into this for a moment here. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. The Holy Spirit is speaking this morning, this message. I know it. This, on uh, Friday, when I was on my way to the church, um, you know, I, 
All week, I'm, I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm praying in English. Lord, show me. What do you want me to speak? I want to give a fresh Holy Ghost word, a now word, fresh out of the Holy Ghost oven. Amen? Lord, you know who's going to be there. What do they need to hear? <clears throat> Friday on the way to the church, boom, I got the heavenly download. So 2 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will, who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a, here it is, good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, the first characteristic the Holy Spirit just illuminated so strong in my spirit is this, that a good soldier for Christ is strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Now, grace has become kind of a watered-down word in many Christian circles, right? Grace, 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 right? You always hear grace, grace, more grace, right? But listen, here's what it is. And I want you to get a revelation of this today. Don't let it pass you by. Grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. In other words, it means this. Let's break it down even more. You didn't earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn the grace of God. Now, there are many Christian soldiers sitting on the sideline defeated right now because of this all-important key is not reality to them. Here's what happens. The enemy will try to throw your past mistakes and faults to make you feel condemned and not useful for the kingdom of God. Are you following me? My, listen to me now. Now, when you see a building that has a sign on it that says condemned, what does that mean? It's no longer good for use. So when the enemy tries to condemn, that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to make you feel like, God can't use me. I've made too many mistakes. I messed up this morning. Oh, you have a pity party all day. You have a pity party all week, right? That's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to get you and I to sit on the sideline because you're not good enough to be used by God. That's a lie from the pits of hell. My, now really, I want you to take hold of this. In the military, we're called soldiers, soldiers for Christ. But listen to this. Here's a difference. In the military, you have to earn everything, right? Well, if you're going to be a Marine, you've got to earn those dress blues, right? You've got to earn it. Not in the kingdom of God. Jesus did everything. Jesus, in fact, Jesus, even better than the dress blues, Jesus gave you a robe of righteousness that you could never earn. Oh, oh, whoa, come on now. You've got to take hold of this right now, because if you will take hold of this, you will disarm the enemy in every area of your life and ministry. Oh, see, listen, here's what the Holy Spirit just spoke this to me. This wasn't even in here. He said, those who walk in miracles, signs and wonders and in my power have taken hold of this fact with childlike faith. <clears throat> They, they don't question it. They, don't, they just believe it. Are you hearing me? 
It's the great exchange. Jesus took your sin and unrighteousness and gave you his righteousness, right? That's why when you get born again, you're not referred to as a sinner anymore. You're a saint. Now, you might sin, but here's what it's talking about. Your sin nature has been dealt with through Christ. So you're not a sinner anymore. Yeah, you're probably going to mess. You're going to make mistakes probably, right? But your nature has been changed. That's why you're a saint through Christ. Come on, take hold of this. This is why so many people don't want to leave their house and be used for God. I, I made so much, mis- so many mistakes. Wow, I just heard this on the inside. The Holy Spirit said, you says, someone said, I had an abortion when I was younger. God can't use me anymore. Whoever that is, that's a lie. Whether that's someone here, whether that's someone listening online right now around the world. Wow, that came to me very, very strong. See, that's why, so in the, in the regular military, you have to earn everything. But in God's army, Jesus paid it all. And that's why there's no room for boasting. There's no room for pride because I can't say, I've earned this. Everything that's good in us is from Jesus. Everything good, anything good that comes out of Pastor James's ministry, anything good that comes out of your ministry is because of Jesus and giving us the Holy Spirit. Amen? Think about that. That's powerful. Man, I feel the anointing on this. So I pray the Holy Spirit ignites this on the inside of your spirit and soul right now. Everything in the New Testament is teaching us as Christians this truth. The kingdom of God is within us. Now release it. The kingdom of God is within you. Now release it. The kingdom of God is in you. Now get a kingdom mindset. Get rid of all the worldly mindsets. And that's why the word of God can say, be strong in the grace. Be strong in the unmerited favor. It's yours to operate in. It's yours to operate in. The Holy Spirit gave me this picture. You know, so we, so we, are, we have this grace that we can operate in, right? I mean, we can, say, we can tell the devil we're a child of, of God because of what Jesus did, right? But the Holy Spirit gave me this picture about how the enemy kind of views us. How many of you ever played the game Pac-Man back in the day? Remember, I love that game, right? Maybe we should get one at the church. Wouldn't that be fun? Listen, remember when Pac-Man would be going around, you know, eating all those nuggets? But there were special nuggets that he would eat that when he ate them, the, the ghost or the enemy would flash and you had free reign to kill them or eat them. Do you remember that? And that's how we look in the spirit realm to the enemy when you operate in the grace of God and in your authority. And that's exactly why the enemy is trying to get us not to think on that reality, not to take hold of the unmerited favor that we have. Is anybody getting anything out of this? See, that's why a a Christian looks like that to the enemy. Remember, you didn't earn it, Jesus did. That's why 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to what? Forgive you of your sin. Now listen to this. That does not create an emotion. That creates a fact. 
But what does the enemy do? Your own heart wants to condemn you, right? You messed up. You confess it. You're still carrying it around. God's saying, I forgave you. So what do we do? We, We think that this doing this thing, well, I still feel bad, so God must not be pleased with me, which is totally wrong. That's the enemy coming against you. Are you following me right now? Mm, wow. Whew. So, the next point that you, you need to have to be a good soldier for Christ, it says to endure hardship. Say endure. Hardship. Now, <laughs> this is talking about persecution. This is not talking about sickness or that God didn't give you a sickness or disease. Are you hearing me, somebody? Anybody out there, right? This is talking about persecution. It's talking about ministering and the persecution you're going to come up against. A good soldier, <clears throat> a good soldier endures this hardship. He doesn't or she doesn't give up. Amen? Never give up. So... <clears throat> Remember this, we are battling, we are warring from a position of victory that Jesus already won. Let me say that again. We are warring, we are battling from not a position to try to win. Jesus won the victory. He won the victory. So we can come in. I've seen a meme on Facebook and I love it. I'm going to drop this thing sometime soon. But it says, walk into the room like God is with you. You walk into the room with confidence because God is on your side. Amen? Come on. That's not, confidence is not pride, by the way. Confidence is not pride. We can be confident in our God. Amen? And know that he's with us. So Jesus has given us his authority. I want you to notice that everything, everything we have spiritually speaking, again, I'm going to drive this home. We didn't earn any of it. None. That's why the word of God says this. You ready? We walk by what? Faith and not by what? By sight. Because you didn't earn anything. In fact, I think the Holy Spirit put that in the Bible to tell us this. Get over your own emotions and start believing what the word says. Override your emotions. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care about the mistakes you made in the past. Get over it. Because God did. Why do we carry these things around? Why do we carry them around when God has let them go? It says that when we confess our sin, that God throws it into the deepest part of the sea. But we got a lot of deep sea fishers in the body of Christ. Right? And we know this is the enemy trying to do this. But here's here's why. People... They don't want to renew their mind with the word. They don't want to renew their thought life. So they get stuck in these worldly mindsets and about how I feel. I don't care how you feel. We walk by faith and not by? That's right. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Man, if I could, if I, if there's someone in here today or listening online, if I can just shake one of you loose from these false chains that you have around your thought life on this thing. If I can just shake one of you loose, you, I could right now, I could be setting loose the next Billy Graham. 
Come on, I could be setting loose the next Kenneth E. Hagan. I could be setting loose the next Oral Roberts. Are you hearing me, somebody? Who's here? Come on, everybody in here, you have a purpose. You have a fired up ministry and God's waiting for you to take hold of it and use it. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Look at this. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, therefore means, well, just what I said. Here's the reason why you're going to do this, right? Go therefore, where am I? Ah, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, Jesus said all authority has been given to him in heaven and earth. And the next word is go. What are you waiting for? Go. Say go. go. There's no reason to wait anymore. Go. Go. I want you to notice something. That Jesus said that all authority has, has been given to him in heaven and earth. Right? We've read this so many times, probably, if you've been a Christian a while, right? We've heard this a lot. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Well, the casual reading of that would make you think that he's just talking about, uh, about heaven where you're going to go after you die. How many of you thought that? He's given all authority in heaven and earth. Come on, be honest, because I kind of did when I first read it, right? I thought it just meant heaven, you know, where you're going to go when you die. But let me submit this thought to you. This dropped in my spirit when I was in that office typing this out. <laughs> the Word of God talks about three heavens. Did you know that? The Word of God talks about three heavens. The first is the atmosphere or the sky that you see above the earth. The second heaven is outer space where the, the firmament, the stars are. The third heaven is where we are going to go when we die. Th say three heavens. Now, we know that Jesus has authority in the third heaven, right? He's God. We know this. And here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. This blew my mind. Man, I love these revelation nuggets he's been giving me. Listen to this. <clears throat> it goes beyond the third heaven. It, it, it includes the first and the second because of this. Listen to this. There's no spiritual, the Holy Spirit said this. There's no spiritual warfare in the third heaven. Right? Well, how do we know that? Because all of the evil angels and Lucifer got kicked out of the third heaven. There's no warfare going on there. But, oh man. But the Holy Spirit was showing me that Jesus really was talking about the first and the second heaven where, where there is much warfare taking place between the angels of God and evil principalities for our life personally and also for regions and countries. The first and the second heaven are, is a hotbed of spiritual warfare. So when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me on earth and in heaven, I submit this thought to you. He was talking about the first and second heaven. He's saying, not only have I given you authority on this earth, but even the warfare that's taken place above you, 
I have authority, and now you have authority to come against those evil principalities and powers. Are you following that? that I'm, I'm telling you, that's a hot zone. If you recall my, my sermon, was it last week, where I talked about Daniel. Maybe that's the week before. Where there was, there was a warfare when Daniel prayed, the, the angel was released immediately, Right? But then he was being wrestled and fought and hindered from coming to earth in the heavens. And then Michael the archangel had to come and help him so the angel could be released to the earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. My, that's deep. I I guess I never thought of that. I've been a Christian since what? I mean... Serious, 1999. That's powerful. So that's what I, I, there's a book out, by the way, that I, I read once. <laughs> Very popular minister. I, I won't say his name right now, but he, this minister actually said, you know, you, we shouldn't come against evil principalities and powers because they, then, because you're opening yourself up to an attack. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me right now? Jesus just said, all authority. I don't know what all means to you guys, but I think that's pretty powerful. Amen? When I read that, my blood boiled. I'm like, Does, is that not a tool of the enemy to put fear in the body of Christ not to come against the enemy and these evil principalities and powers? Whew. People were speaking so highly about it, and I'm thinking, why are people not seeing this right now? That's why you need discernment. And, and you've got to judge everything by the Word of God. Amen? Now, um, the third key to being a good soldier for Jesus Christ is found in 2 Timothy 2.4. Go there with me. Hmm. <clears throat> I hope you like this spiritual meal that I, pro, that I uh, gathered together for you today with the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Second Timothy 2, verse 4. Second Timothy 2, 4 says these words, No one engaged in warfare, underline it, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The Word of God tells us that if we entangle ourselves in the world, or you could say better like this, worldliness. How many of you know we still got to live in a world, right? But it's talking about the spirit of the world, the worldliness. It says that you that not to entangle yourself. If you entangle yourself with the affairs of worldliness, you will be ineffective in spiritual warfare and as a Christian in general. Say entangle. So being a good soldier for Christ involves this absolute focus on spiritual matters. Absolute focus. It's interesting that the Word of God used entangled. Because when I read that, immediately what comes to me is this beautiful flower in a garden. And then this vine comes around. These weeds come around. They suck the nutrients out. They choke life out of it. Is that not what the enemy does to us as Christians? 
When you're in the world, you have a bad day on the job. I mean, the boss is a jerk to you. Are you hearing me? I'm being real here. You know, you're in school and you're having a good day and all of a sudden the teacher says something, the teacher's in a bad mood and you're like, what in the world? And all of a sudden, it just sucks the life right out of you. Have you been there? Or am I the only one? Am I the only one? Oh my goodness. And listen, what about Elijah? The man of God who called fire down, right? Jezebel says a word. I'm going to kill you, she said. And all of a sudden, this mighty man of God is running to a cave to hide. Don't entangle yourselves with things you shouldn't be entangled with. And be careful who you're around. Be careful who you have in your inner circle because there's power in the words that you speak. There's power in the words that you hear. You following me? Very important. Very, I mean... If Elijah, I mean, think about about that. I mean, he feared for his life. Mighty man of God. Fire down from heaven. Consuming the sacrifices. What? Right? We need to be on guard always. Say on guard. So those things being entangled, it chokes out the life out of you. Worldliness chokes the spiritual life right out of you. And what's interesting in this is that this entangling process takes place where? In your heart. Here it goes again. Pastor James always going back to the heart issue of the matter. Because the Word of God, everything in the New Testament deals with the heart of an individual. Amen? Mm. So the Word of God is telling us to be an effective soldier for Christ. Your heart must be focused on your mission. Don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything distract you. And because your heart is focused on the Lord, on His Word, and your mission, you will please the one who enlisted you. Isn't that good to know that you didn't enlist yourself? See, again, there's another distinction. In the, in the regular army, unless you're drafted, of course, but it's your choice to go in. But whether you want to be in the spiritual battle or not as a Christian, you have been enlisted. And that's why this ministry is always going to be a training center for the soldiers for Christ. Amen? A good soldier is a watchman on the wall. Say watchman. This was interesting. The Hebrew word that's translated watchman is this. One who looks out, or listen to this, one who leans forward to peer in the distance. Are you following me? We need watchmen on the wall. You know, here's where we got too many Christians looking like this. And then something happens like a school shooting in Oxford. Then they're like, whoa, how did that happen? How did that happen? It kind of wakes them up, right? Well, if someone would be Peering, leaning forward and peering out in the distance, we could see some of this junk and stop it before it happens. Right? Come on. A watchman is alert, looking out into the distance for any sign of the enemy coming, for any sign of the enemy gaining an advantage. And when they see it, they're ready to sound the alarm. Say, sound the alarm. alarm. 
There is an interesting passage that talks about the watchman in, in the Word of God. And it's, it's really not a positive one. Go with me to, to Isaiah 56. God was a little upset with leaders, okay, in Israel here. And I want to show you something here. A lot of times we can learn how to be by people who weren't doing the right thing, right? How many of you know you can learn a lesson from people who have done the right thing and people who have made mistakes, These people made mistakes. God made it known. He put it in his word so we could know it and not make the same mistake. Isaiah 56, 10 through 12. So God is, let me set this up. God is very angry here. Okay? These people, these leaders in Israel were not doing their job. Ready? Look at this. It says this, Isaiah 56, 10 and 11. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, laying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his own gain from his own territory. You see how many owns are in there? A watchman is not is unselfish. A watchman is not selfish. Notice in verse 10 that these watchmen were blind, ignorant, dumb, not sounding the alarm, not dumb as in stupid, but dumb. They were silent. All right? And they were sleeping and loving to slumber. There is nothing worse or more dangerous than a soldier that is not ready to defend at all times. How would you like to have a, you be in a war, in a battle, and you have, you have a partner who all he wants to do is sleep? He's, he just, he's just wanting to just put his weapon down and not even help. And here you're ready. You're ready to rock and roll, right? Man, this enemy comes along. But you have a partner who is not looking out for you. Mm. Wow. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And by the way, that is our advantage over the enemy. Let me explain. Our authority in Christ is powerful, right? We know this. Our authority is amazing. But let me tell you something. Our ability to yield and hear from the Holy Spirit makes our authority in Christ effective. Right? You can have all the authority you want, but if you don't know when to wield it, Mm. If you don't know when the enemy's coming, if the Holy Ghost hasn't revealed a playbook of what the enemy's doing, if the Holy Ghost, if you're not sensitive enough uh, enough to get discernment, receive that discernment or word from the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that makes your authority in Christ effective. That's why you, you see some Christians, I mean, they love the Lord and uh, you know, they know their authority in Christ, but the Holy Spirit side will just set that to the side. And all they do it, you know what they look like in, in the normal? They look like someone just kind of wielding a sword, just kind of wild and wild, as were the person, the Christian, that is listening to the Holy Spirit, that is being led by the Holy Spirit. That one is strategic. They walk like they know where they're going, and they have the sword, and they're ready to go at any time. Right? Instead of being wild and crazy, he's zeroed in. 
He's focused and hearing from and the Holy Spirit shows us how to use that authority and when effectively. The Holy Spirit, I'm going to say it one more time, makes our authority in Christ effective. I love when the Holy Spirit exposes the enemy's playbook and shows us how to come against the enemy effectively. Amen? Soldiers for Christ need to rise up, get involved, speak up, and stand up for righteousness. If you see a brother or sister in the Lord strain, tell them. Right? Well, am I my brother's keeper? I think that was settled in the Word of God. Yes. Are you hearing me? <laughs> right? If you see someone, listen, and you do it in love. Hey, I want to pray for you. I, you know, I kind of, I was praying for you, and I feel like you're kind of going down a path that maybe you need some help or prayer with. Why, why do we just let people, when we see someone in a toilet bowl downslide, why do we just let them go? Oh, because it's not my job. Oh, well, I just read here in Isaiah 56 that we don't look to our own way for our own benefit. For No, we're looking out. A watch, listen, a watchman, the primary job is not for your own life. It's for the lives of others. Do you know that? It's for the lives of others. So don't be afraid to speak up. I mean, you know, how many people have we not spoken up against, maybe who are suicidal? I don't know. They, they had an issue going on in their life, and this issue took them down, and they ended up dying. Right? Let's step in. Let's step in the gap. Amen? So the word ignorant means lacking knowledge. Say lacking knowledge. So a soldier for Christ, you know where I'm going with this. We need to know the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, not to be ignorant or lack of knowledge of Satan's devices, lest he what? Gets an advantage over us. Your lack of knowledge gives Satan an advantage over you. It gives him an advantage over you. Yeah, but aren't we in Christ? Don't we have? Yes, but the devil's called a thief. He will try to come in any opening. Listen, when you, if you have a, a robber or a thief, they don't come in and knock on your door and you let them in. Oh, thanks for letting me in. I think I'll take this uh, TV here. I think I'll, right? No, what do they do? They knock a window out, baby, and they're in. And they're getting everything they can, and they're making a mess out of everything. That's what the enemy would do. You give them an inch, he'll crawl in. He'll crawl in and he will wreak havoc in your heart. He will wreak havoc in your physical body. Amen? We have to stop it. Okay, Isaiah 56, 11 gives some more characteristics about a very bad watchman. Not a good resume here. So we can look to these things about what not to be. So uh, a true watchman or a soldier for Christ is not greedy. Look at this. Let me read it one more time. It's at verse 11, 56, 11, Isaiah. Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way. There's own, uh, they all look to their own way. Uh, every one of them to their own gain from his own territory. Right? Oh, well, they don't go to my church. Let someone else deal with that. See, I'm talking about we need to have a kingdom mindset. If they are a Christian, guess what? They're in the family of God, whether they go to our building or not. Amen? We got to have a kingdom. Say kingdom. kingdom. 
mindset. So this reveals to us that true watchmen uh, and a soldier for Christ has a kingdom mindset. Now, uh, let me, I'm going to end on this uh, topic here. Greed opens the door to many evils in our life. Say greed. I don't know. The Holy Spirit just illuminated this. I'm like, Holy Ghost, you sure you want me to go down this path? Yes, I want you to go down this path. So we'll let it speak to all of our hearts here today. Amen? Because greed is a terrible thing, and it opens the doors. It will cause a, a soldier for Christ to compromise your position. By the way, greed is not just something a, a wealthy or a rich person can have, but a poor person can be greedy. Did you know that? Oh, absolutely. Because greed is not in the possessions. Greed is a condition of the heart. Again, we're going to the heart. Amen. By the way, so the word of God says this, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Go to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. I was speaking to someone a, a couple of years back, and um, and I was talking about something that you know they were letting in that just wasn't right and stuff. And and this individual said, "Yeah, but we get funding from this organization, so we have to do this so we can get money." I said, "I don't care." Are you hearing me? My goodness! All right, so. First Timothy six, money, greed will make you do. Greed will make you compromise your position in Christ. All right, uh, First Timothy six, six through ten. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Whoa, we got to be. When I read that, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It made me think, wow, this is Bible. This is kingdom thinking right here. This is kingdom. Who you are is not in the possessions you have. My goodness, this is kingdom. This is good. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain in God's eyes. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we can carry nothing out. I know. My mom died in 2009. One thing I didn't see behind her hearse was a U-Haul. Are you hearing me, somebody? And, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. What a lesson in life here, people. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men or people in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some, having strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, the Word of God has an amazing way, a supernatural way of straightening our thought life out, doesn't it? Godliness with contentment is great gain. People, this is the exact opposite of what the world teaches us. This is the exact opposite of what they're trying to tell us out there. But this is kingdom thinking. Again, what you have in the natural does not define who you are. Only your creator can define who you are, not a possession. I don't care what kind of car you drive. Amen? You pull up to this church in a, in a Lamborghini. You pull up to this 
this uh, church in a hoopty, guess what? You're going to get the same love. You're going to, are you hearing me now? My, my. So we need to flush out our thought life. Get rid of the empty, meaningless, world, worldly mindsets and replace it with kingdom thinking. That's where our power is at. That's where our strength is rooted in. The kingdom of God is within you and we need to release it. Amen? Now, the contentment that the Holy Spirit is talking about, let me just say it again, the contentment that he's talking about is worldly possessions. It, be content with food. Be content with the basics of life. Are you hearing me now? Now, g- real quick, go to Matthew 6. And I'm almost done here, I promise. Matthew 6. Come on, I only got you for an hour here for, uh, for the week, right? All right, so Matthew 6, <laughs> 31 through 33. Such powerful words here from the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. You could say the unsaved, those with the, or even you could say the carnal Christians, right? For your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first, say seek first, the kingdom of God or getting a kingdom mindset and his righteousness or his way of doing things. And all these things shall be added unto you. All of these things that the unsaved people, Jesus said, but the one thing that's going to separate you, the one thing. That's going to distinguish you from all the rest of the world is that you seek my kingdom first and you seek my righteousness. You seek his way of how he works. And guess what? You won't have to worry about a thing because God said this. I will provide every need that you have. What a heavenly father we have. Amen. See, here's a real kingdom mindset. When you get a raise, when you get extra money, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? Listen, we're all guilty. Oh, I'm going to go get this. What about blessing someone else? Oh, my. Now, this shouldn't, I know it's the Christmas season, but this should be all year round. Let's get a kingdom mindset. What we should do when we first get a raise or extra money, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with this? Can you imagine we honor the Holy Ghost like that? We honor the Holy Spirit like that first. It, you know, what's interesting is this. The things that we hold on to. How many blessings have we held back in the heavens because of our selfishness? How much more does God... See, the Word says this, that God gives seed to the sower. If you're not sowing anything, God's saying... But if you're willing to sow into his kingdom, you're willing to bless other people. Come on, I want to challenge you and everybody listening to me online around the world right now. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who can I bless? Who is a family that's in need right now? Who can I just out of the blue bless them with a little little cash or something? Ask the Holy Spirit. Amen? My. So the Holy Spirit showed me this. He said, 
When you maintain a kingdom mindset, you will be in God's economy and on his payroll. Amen? Second, or go to 1 Timothy 6, 9 here. But those who desire, underline that, those who desire to be rich will fall, uh, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Though that's the key word right here. It's not a sin to have good many possessions or nice possessions. It's wrong for them to have you. Here's the problem. This is where it crosses the line into sin. Those who desire to be rich. In other words, desires is the problem. In other words, your heart is filled with that greed. I've got to have more. Are you hearing me? That's where it is. Those who desire to be rich. Did you catch that in the word? Those who desire. It's, out, it's an out of control thought life. You took Jesus off the throne and you put that desire to be rich on top. And that's called idolatry. You dethrone Jesus in your heart for, with a desire for lust for worldly possessions. And the word of God says, keep yourselves from idols. It says this, little children, keep yourself from idols. It, that's, a, that's a warning. That's literally a warning in the word of God. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And then lastly, 1 Timothy 6.10 says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And that's what it's talking about entangling yourself with. Don't entangle yourself with this. Stay focused on the Lord. Stay focused on his word. Have a kingdom mindset. Don't let the world come upon you. Don't let the world influence you. You influence the world. It will compromise your effectiveness for the word of, for the kingdom of God. So church, soldiers for Christ, let's rise up, position ourselves in line with the word of God. Amen. And let's watch the Holy Spirit do a mighty work in your family, personal life, and ministry. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Ooh, shambarobokoha. My, my, my. Listen. Ask the Holy Spirit right now in this atmosphere, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to bless? What can I do, Holy Spirit? And you know what? The Holy Spirit said this. I've been telling people, they, they, they know who, they just need to do it. You know what? Just step out. Step out. You know what? Jesus said this. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm telling you, that is true. I know we like receiving good gifts, amen. But man, there's nothing better than just blessing someone, get this, for no reason. Just because. We need to be a church. We need to be a people at LWC of blessing people just because. Just because I love you. Not because it's just the Christmas season, right? Say this. Say, just because. Say, I declare I'm going to be a person that blesses people. Not for my own gain, but just because I love God and I love people. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And I would hate for you to leave this place without an opportunity to do that today. 
Today is the day of salvation. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward over here by the tree, and I want to pray with you after service today, all right? Now, maybe there's someone in here, you know, you've fallen away from the Lord. You were saved a long time ago, but man, maybe you're one of those carnal Christians. You just let the world kind of fill you up. You, you've gotten kind of knocked around in the world, and you've gotten hardened. Your heart got hardened, right? I get it. I know. I've been there. I get it. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, I want you to come forward and let's just pray a prayer. Let's settle it today, you know. Maybe you're one that you feel entangled. You feel like you're just in bondage. You feel like things have just tied your hands and your thought life. I want to pray with you today. Maybe uh, you're a Christian, you love the Lord, but man, you feel like there's something missing. You, you just feel like, you know, like I just don't have the power. You have never received the Holy Spirit baptism. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with speaking in other tongues, I want you to come forward. Amen. That's not a living waters doctrine. That's a Bible doctrine. Amen. We go by the Bible here. Amen. Now, maybe you're here. You just have a, a sickness, disease in your body. You have a bondage in your life. You're going through a circumstance and you just want prayer for anything else. If that's you, I want you to meet me over here. Let's just pray about it. I mean, miracles are popping. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is in this place. I'm telling you, I've heard so many testimonies in the last four weeks. It would blow your mind of what the Holy Spirit's doing. Repeat this after me. Just lift your hands and say, Jesus, thank you for your authority. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help me to make the authority of Jesus effective in my life. Give me discernment. Show me things that need to be changed. People I need to reach out to. Maybe in my own child's life. I am open to whatever you want to do in my life. In Jesus' name. Wow, what a great day. Amen, church? My goodness. If, if any of those prayer needs, you have those, meet me over here. Other than that, be here Wednesday. Stacy ain't lying. Wednesday night prayer is powerful. Amen? And I believe it sets the tone for our Sunday services. So have a great week. If you need me, contact me. Would love to get together with you. Amen. You need healing, deliverance, emotional healing. Call me. Let's get her on the schedule. Let's do this. Amen. God bless you, church. Love you. We'll see you next week.